Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. I'm Greg Thomas, and uh, we're just delighted to have you in the studio with us. Uh, Joining us again for this podcast. To my left, David Hamm in the studio. What's up, Greg? And Harry Vaughn. Hey. And of course, Jesse Carrasco with us today. Hello. And this is part two of what has been deemed uh, the pay-for-play discussion here on TST Music with a Mission. And uh, if you've been following us over the past week, then you realize that this sparked from a post that was on Facebook. And of course, we don't generally like to make posts on on Facebook our topic, but it was such a significant one that it was worthy of further discussion as it relates to musicians, the church, and the overall work of the church between the two. And we're going to touch on that a little bit today as the the, uh, discussion kind of heated up on Facebook. It's been really good, Uh, and I'm loving this opportunity for people to speak their minds in, in a way that otherwise they wouldn't speak at all. They right. would just complain about it behind the scenes, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, instead of uh, having a genuine, legitimate uh, uh, biblical discussion about it. So we thank all of you for following. But before we go there, we want to just bring you up to date on some events here at TSC, uh, Times Square Church, and then, of course, some news around the Christian community. Um, For those of you who don't know, we do have uh, weekly New Believers classes, New Believers and Foundations classes for those of you who are new new in your walk with the Lord. Uh, We do encourage you to tap into those classes on Friday nights. There is a New Believers 1 and a New Believers 2, uh, both beginning at 7 p.m. on Friday nights here at Times Square Church. That's 1657 Broadway, the Broadway entrance uh, in our annex building. And uh, you just go to security and they can direct you to those classes. Always uh, a good fellowship there and a good opportunity to meet new Christians and, of course, to grow in the word of the Lord. And, of course, we'll be having the sixth and the last session of the Authentic Leadership, uh, Authentic Christian Leadership Conference uh, that's been held here uh, the last five months. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's every third Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Dr. Lamar Vess is conducting those. And so if you haven't tapped into those, you still can. The last one is going to be October 23rd. Uh, at 7 p.m. So you want to go to our uh, go to our website tscnyc.org and get more information about that. And again, you don't have to be in the building to participate. You can stream those sessions. Uh, that information will be available online. And again, you can go to tscnyc.org for those and other events right here in Times Square Church. Uh, and of course, if you are a Feed New York pastor or if you know a pastor or ministry who's interested in Feed New York. Uh, Dave, they can go to TSCNYC. Yep, TSCNYC.org and uh, just go straight to the Feed New York page and all the information you need will be right there. Tell people about Feed New York because you're serving with them now uh, directly. Yeah, it's been uh, just an awesome experience uh, to recognize uh, just the way the, the body of Christ is coming together. Um, to to provide food for those that are in need. It's, it's really awesome. So there's about 101 churches, um, specific, exactly actually, 101 churches that are on board with Times Square Church um, that are feeding um, their local community. And so we have a warehouse uh, out in Queens. Uh, it's a central location where people can go, where these churches that are on board can go and they pick up their food regularly and then that food is distributed within their community um, and uh, now Feed New York is, is going into uh, just an extended direction where um, we're going to be providing uh, creative outreach uh, and evangelism in those particular boroughs alongside of the Feed New York churches in partnership with them and, and just help them not only just uh, pour out to the community for food, but also spiritual food, too, as well. So it's really exciting. Awesome. Awesome. So there's always something happening in the kingdom and, of course, always something happening here at Times Square Church. And so we welcome you to plug in. If you're not plugged in, and again, go to tscnyc.org. You can get all the information. There are a little over 60 ministries that are active in this church. So there's mm. always something happening. Yeah. Uh, and the only day these doors are closed is Monday is because we're all in a coma uh, Monday morning. <laughs> but I tell you, Tuesday through Sunday, there's always something happening. The doors are always open. Yeah. And uh, so it's certainly a place you can come, get fed, and help feed. Right. 
So we welcome you here. Let's get into this discussion of pay for play. And we titled it that because that seems to be the mentality, unfortunately, um, with a lot of musicians, a lot of artists, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, in the Christian community today. Uh, But it has penetrated the church and it's not new to the church. So I don't want to act like this topic is new. This is older than all of us. This has been happening for years. But I think in these latter day times, if you will, it's become more of a discussion, more of a uh, a Pandora, a more of a tinderbox uh, for a lot of people, uh, and for different reasons. Some who are motivated by money, some who are motivated by money and don't realize they are. You know, so there's that uh, that unconscious uh, ignorance, if you will, mm. and then you've got those who are clearly motivated by the love of the Father, but still acknowledge and understand the need for one to be able to provide for his or her family. Um, and then you've got those who are, I, th- I call the fourth category, who always refer to the Levitical priesthood. They always refer to the Levites. Well, and they always use that phrase, well, the Levites mm-hmm. were paid, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I we're going to summarize that in a little bit. There's, there's, you can't get into all of that in one hour and get to the bottom of what that is. But I've got three points that I think will close it up. Uh, and we'll get to that at the end of uh, this discussion. But the discussion started on Facebook. Some of you were following. And just you've got some comments from a few people uh, that we thought noteworthy and worthy of a little discussion here uh, from our Facebook page. Sure. And just just by way of background, um, if you hadn't, haven't heard last week's podcast, basically, this all started with a post. There was uh, a drummer who shall rename remain nameless who we don't it even know. It wasn't Harry. It wasn't Harry. <laughs> it was not me. It was his cousin. His protege. And no. this was not even anybody here. This was somebody probably not even in New York. But as Facebook goes, you know, yeah. um, you wind up seeing posts from people all over the place. But it seemed it was a drummer who posted a photo of a check that he was paid by a church and the check was made out to him for $15. And, you know, the idea being that, you know, what an outrage that he only got this amount of money. And so then there were all kinds of reactions, you know, to that. Um, and then, you know, we, without linking to the actual photo, we just kind of just on our Facebook page just described the, the post and asked for comments and kind of engaged in a discussion right. there. Um, but let's see, you know, some... Some comments that that we re- that stuck out that we wanted to to discuss a little further. Um, great comment from Angel, our very own Angel, who used to work with us here and who has, has since uh, moved out of New York. Mm-hmm. All right, so Angel says, "I don't think churches should be expected to pay musicians for playing at a service they would normally attend." Ideally, they should be using their gifts to worship God because it's in their heart to do so. There are many people who are struggling financially and don't seek to be paid for their service in God's house. Very good point. Um, But she says, "I I believe most churches have resorted to paying musicians to ensure the instruments are covered to make their worship experience more pleasing to the masses. While I understand the reasoning, I think leadership should really pray about everyone they place before their congregation. And that really goes to a lot of what you were uh, pointing out last week, Greg. The worship experience should still go on with or without that particular musician. For the record, I do think there are certain circumstances that stances that warrant paying musicians if the work required exceeds reasonable volunteer efforts or time or prevents musicians from doing other paid work as a part of their profession. What do you think about that, Greg? She sounds like an attorney. I think uh, she yeah, is I an attorney. So. <laughs> she is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she can't help it. She It's probably part of her, it's her vernacular now, it's, you know, as an attorney. Uh, but she doesn't represent churches, so let's just put that out there. <laughs> she's a legitimate, uh, independent. Uh, in fact, she's home with a beautiful son now and just, yeah. just kind of hanging out. Uh, Angel, we're talking about you, and you're probably listening. Um, but I think it's well said. I think she hit all of the buttons that we uh, tapped on, uh, hit a little bit on last week as well. Um, uh, particularly, particularly the fact that if it exceeds normal uh, expectations and prevents one from being able to generate an income, you know, as a, you know, head of family or whatever it is, head of a household. Um, I, I think that's a legitimate. She said that she started off by saying that the churches should not be expected 
to pay. And I think that's a fair statement. I think mm-hmm. it's a very fair statement. A lot of times people look at churches that are successful. When I say successful in that, you know, maybe they burned their mortgage already. Uh, you all know what that means, right? No. Oh, okay. They they paid, paid off the mortgage. Yeah, okay. You know they have a mortgage burning ceremony. Ah, uh, burned it. Okay. I'm sorry. I was drifting uh, to the idea of maybe burned all the paperwork and just believing God that it's. I thought you said earned their mortgage. No, I was like, I'm earned just joking. It? But you know, a church that is uh, that is uh, 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 prosperous financially, mm-hmm. they've got yeah. materials, they've got a, yeah. an edifice, they've got you know the the uh, the things in place inside the edifice, and so. Uh, so they may be financially well off, in, and um, but that doesn't mean that they should be required uh, to 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 pay the musicians. Yeah. Uh, well, but like there are musicians who feel that they should. Well, like she said, if you're coming to church anyway, you're coming to worship God. You can worship Him up on the platform or in the house. Yeah, you know, and without expecting to to be paid for that service. You know. Yeah. Have you ever seen a musician who? And I don't want to say who was being compensated, but have you ever seen somebody play and they played very well and this person did not get compensated? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh yeah. You know, I like to think, well... Well, I was one of those people. <laughs> well, I was getting ready to... I was one of those people. <laughs> I was call some names, but I... <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's very rare. It's it. Well, it happens, but I think the other part of her statement was that a lot of churches will pay just to ensure that the musician uh, that the instrument is covered uh-huh. mm. which I, which is what I want to talk about yeah. real quick is because I think we have you've heard that phrase you know let's create an atmosphere of worship mm-hmm. oh yes that, yeah, we've been, been throwing that one around a lot recently thrown, on this yeah, podcast yeah it's been thrown yeah. around yeah. Like, create an atmosphere and I think we may have <laughs> talked talked about it a little bit last week yeah. but I am convinced you know and I was I was with a group of seminary ministers last weekend and I had to talk about this a little bit because I, uh, they had asked me to come and share um, uh, effective worship leading. Mm-hmm. And I know what they were expecting. They were expecting me to sit at the piano and just kind of go through some techniques. Well, I never even sat at the piano. I never even played. They I wanted even, you to create an atmosphere yeah, of worship. Yeah, create an atmosphere. But I'm telling you, I am convinced <laughs> <laughs> that at large, the church has created an atmosphere of worship by uh, having all of the elements yeah. that make worship familiar in mm-hmm. place. If we came to church and there was no electricity, there were no uh there was no AC, there was no air, you know, no heat, uh the pews were not there and all of the elements that make the worship experience comfortable. If all of the comforts of life were not there, would the worship be as intense? And that's it's, a legitimate question. You're talking about corporate or just as an individual? Corporate worship. Corporate and, worship. And, and individually. Yeah. You know, would it be as intense? You know, because I, I, you know, there, there are some circles. You know, if if we if we had in some churches, and we don't do this here, but mm-hmm. follow me. If, if you went to a church where people saved seats and you instructed the ushers to take all of the Bibles and jackets and coats off the seats before the service and put them in lost and found and and, and, and open the sanctuary just for prayer right. and said you can't occupy a seat until unless you're sitting in it you right. can't occupy a seat we would, there would be a riot yeah. <laughs> a literal riot you'd have to call Manhattan North and say <laughs> you yeah. know the saints have gone crazy yes. because th- because again you, you have to get up early in the morning and you got to strategically prepare to get here. Yeah. To not here, but in other churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to strategically sure. prepare <laughs> to save a seat. I mean, that's a strategy. And if you can't save it, <laughs> you all bent out of shape that you can't even worship. I mean, that would just be the test of tests, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think again, we've we've created, uh, we've helped to create. Um, uh, at large, uh, a large part of this atmosphere that if the atmosphere ever changed and if the elements in the worship experience ever changed, I just wonder how many people would truly be able to worship. Well, and what does that say about your worship? If your exactly. worship is dependent on this musician doing this thing over here, having my nice seat here, having the lighting this certain way, or have, you know, yeah. these external elements, mm-hmm. are you really worship? Really worship? Yeah. Is it really worship? Are yeah. you really worshiping if you can't worship 
Yeah. In any scenario, in any yeah. circumstance, I, I really got convicted. Just oh, that yeah. thought alone yeah. last Wednesday on my way into the city, and I shared this with the staff and mm-hmm. shared this with the choir last week. Uh, that God had to challenge me. You know, what if mm-hmm. I came in and the and the and the power was out, right? You know, mm-hmm. and all your keyboards didn't work, and all you had was, you know, drums. Or Harry couldn't find the drumsticks. Or the, all the drum heads were broken. You know, I mean, just all of those <laughs> little, <laughs> 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 you know, all of the things that make that. That first downbeat, that first hallelujah, not normal in in terms of its in, of the environment. What yeah. would that say about who we truly are as a people? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me. I mean, I wasn't even there, but it's kind of become like Times Square Church lore of the you know the time when the choir and everybody was in Nigeria. You got mm-hmm. you were there. You yes. were there, right? Yeah. And the. I mean, the storm came up, the yeah. power went out, the wall fell on the choir, but worship went on and it turned yeah. into a whole nother thing exactly. because it wasn't. And not only did it go on, it was more intense. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we were fighting all the elements. We were fighting against all of the, nothing was status quo. Nothing was normal. Nothing no. was comfortable. It was raining. Remember, they turned the final, the lights came on, yeah. and then all of the bugs came. We had like the seven plagues, <laughs> plagues yeah. on that field. <laughs> we had the rain, we had the bugs, we had witches running in the back of the field protesting the service. Mm. And there's probably, I don't know, yeah. 30,000 people out there. No, it was like, you know, it was, oh, they said it was close to 100. Well, maybe close to 100,000 people. It was, it was, but it was, as far it. as the eye could see, and all of these things are happening, and the question was, will, you know, I, I think the question was, can, can you still worship? And absolutely, Pastor Carter looked over the wall and said, let's go, let's go, let's worship. Mm-hmm. And with one microphone working, because there wasn't enough power coming from the generator to power the rest of the equipment, one microphone and the drums. Yeah. I, I find today in, in our worship experiences, and I use that loosely, um, here in America, because especially, let me say Times Square Church. Because we know. are America, yeah. you know, it's 101 <laughs> national. <laughs> I, no. Say, for example, if like the power went out over there, mm-hmm. and because it was one particular culture, it was a lot easier for them to really connect in song and mm-hmm. sing effectively. Here, we have over 100 nationalities, and everybody does things slightly different. So if we had that type of scenario where the power went out, and it went out once, but we had to come up with something mm-hmm. so that we can bring everybody together like kind of like glue yeah Yeah. you know because without it 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 would be like a wow yeah and i think we're used to again that's part of the the atmosphere it's part of the elements that we're so used to but i think the rubber meets the road when all of that's stripped away you know we sing a song you know when the music fades Mm -hmm. and all is stripped away and i simply come Longing just to bring something that is something that is mm-hmm. uh, something that is wor- something of worth mm-hmm. that will bless your heart. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll bring you more than a song. Yeah, or a song in itself. It's not what you <laughs> <laughs> require. You know, you search more, much more deeper uh, within. Uh, yeah, through and to the things that uh, um, that that'll just bless his heart. And I think individually we're responsible for coming before his presence that way and when everybody makes a concerted effort to come before his presence that way all yeah. the other things can be stripped away yeah and that is the true test of genuine worship i think that's where worship in spirit and in truth begins yeah. mm-hmm. when all of this familiarity is out the window yeah so what have we been doing well i i i'm i think going back to your culture comment mm-hmm. that this is part of our culture and there's nothing wrong with it but if if those elements that we're so familiar with are mm-hmm. gone, can we still worship? It almost think, it, it almost makes a person wonder, like 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 what you just said. But does worship start with music? I think you when know? you relegate music, I mean relegate worship to just music. I think we missed the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and that's why we have to be careful throwing around that phrase, creating an atmosphere of worship. Mm-hmm. It goes back to this idea of pay for play. Um, because when we tend to feel like we are the creators of the moment or mm-hmm. the creators of worship or what I'm able to do right now in the keys, yeah. or what I'm doing right now, slapping these bass strings, or um, we set this value for ourselves as creators. And um, we expect that if, you know, 
that if I've helped you create, you mm-hmm. know, and here's here's what I'm worth. Here's here's my value. And I think, man, it's like, boy, there's a lot of us that really think that we're really good creators. Um, <laughs> but we simply have an art and a gift that's been given to God, who's the master creator. Oh, man, if we could recognize, you know, who is setting the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So Angel hit on quite a few things, and that was, uh, I think, spot on and, and very thought-provoking. So, uh, Also, David Olvera, who has been in our choir, says, As I look in Scripture, I find that pastors are to be su- supported financially. I think evangelists and missionaries should be supported financially. When it comes to musicians, most in church see it as their ministry and not a, not a job, which I think is correct in most cases. On the other hand, I think that in some churches where they are able to hire a musician and see it as a as an important role of how they function, it's okay to do so. I think it should be treated as a job where salary is offered or negotiated. In the case of a love offering, if you will, where money is given to a musician for his or her services, then the person should be grateful for what they receive and trust that God will supply for them in other ways, like a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either God is who he says he is, or, and he'll do what he says he'll do. Either we believe that or, or we don't. Because if we don't believe it, then we're, we will be motivated by by other things. We'll, we'll be motivated to come and bring, like you said, our gift or s- talent um, um, as if we're doing God a favor. And uh, man, we're not. <laughs> we are so not doing the favor is his. I mean, he, he's doing us a favor by allowing us to represent him in the capacity that we do. Yeah. You know what? Reading that too, just reminded me of just some practical things, right? So like, if you know, if you if you receive the opportunity to play somewhere, especially I'm thinking just like during midweek and you know that financially you are having some struggles, um, it don't assume that they're going to pay you unless you've unless they've discussed it with you. And maybe it's not time for you to play this week. Maybe you just need to get a part time job mm-hmm. or another job yep. and work, you know. Uh, the ver- the variables that that are attached to the American church experience, it's it's so unbelievable because like like I hear what you're saying like it would be great for a musician not to play for like another two three weeks but it, what we do we have worship we got choir specials and some of this music takes special attention yeah and they don't have that type of time to put in that type of special yeah. attention. And I think that goes back to Angel's comment is that there's a reasonable expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the church should be in a place where it makes a reasonable offer yeah. for what is a reasonable amount of labor. Yeah. And right. that's the attorney in her. And that's and I totally agree right. that if it's reasonable and I'm asking you to, hey, skip your daughter's baseball game or you know, ballet class or whatever. Uh, you know, in preparation for choir rehearsal, and because a lot of times people think you come to choir rehearsal, and that just ha- that just happens. Yeah, you just walk into a room and songs yeah. fall out of the air, and you yeah. just start teaching, and you know, and it yeah. doesn't. You got to look for music, you got to find music, you got to purchase music. You have to learn the music, then you have to learn how to teach the music. You know, and it's all of that preparation that goes into right. place before you even get in front of the choir. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you can't contribute to all of that time that's needed exactly then, then you need that other job feel free to say at this time i can't do it exactly because yeah. don't go in and then be like well all right i'm gonna do it i'm gonna volunteer all this time and i'm expecting you lord that you're gonna put it on their <laughs> hearts and they're gonna cut me a check now now you're trying to tell god what to do right right you're like you're trying to plan out your miracle yeah 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 uh, you know and um and then when the when that miracle that you were trying to create quote unquote right um and it doesn't happen and you get a dollar, now you're bitter. Yeah. And angry. Which goes into, you know, the some discussion we were having, you know, uh, between the last time we recorded and now kind of pre- in preparing this where we, you know, just talking about how money can become this source of contention between Christians mm-hmm. that it ought not to be. But if you, you know, you have all these expectations coming in or even, you know, you've negotiated one thing, but now it's above and beyond. And now if you don't pay me more and where is it service and where is, where are you working for the dollar? Yeah. 
you you know you bring all this into this relationship between Christians that are supposed to be free of that in a sense, you know. I think a genuine act of worship doesn't require compensation, and that's why we as musicians and singers we have to look at what we do as worship as an act of worship, and it's unto the Lord. It's not unto the church. It's not unto the pastor. It's not. It's not even unto the people. It is unto God, and yeah. it is a genuine act of worship that doesn't require compensation. Think about it. Giving is an act of worship. You don't give for the purpose of getting. It's good. But it isn't giving that we receive. You, you follow me? Mm-hmm. But it's an act of worship. Mm-hmm. If I feed the homeless, you know, and I'm doing it out of genuine of my heart because I want to see the, you know, not only them fed physically, but then fed spiritually. Uh, you know, if I take care of children, if I do this unto the least of these, you know. And so these are acts of worship. And there are many acts of worship as is singing. It's an act of worship as is playing the, 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 the instrument uh, in the church service. It's an act of worship. I'm giving back to God what is the gift that he's given me, but I'm giving it to him not because he needs it, <laughs> but because he deserves it. And because I love him. And yeah. my motivation is because I love him. Yeah. And so genuine acts of worship don't require compensation. I posted this a few weeks ago that church musicians need to reevaluate the play for pay mentality uh, and take a real honest look at what motivates them to do what mm-hmm. they do. And then, and only then, uh, should compensation even be discussed. And mm-hmm. I think it goes back to leadership saying, okay, let's have the real conversation about where you are with the Lord first. Mm-hmm. Let's establish that. Let's establish that this is a house of God. Let's establish that we're here to edify and grow and strengthen the body, yeah. not to entertain them, not to give them a, a, you know, a day of rest, you know, where they can come in and <clears throat> kick back and say, hey, man, I, I did that Christian thing all week long, and this is my day to just get poured into. No, it's deeper than that, you know. Um, and so it's got to be motivated by the love of the Father and, yeah. and nothing else. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break because I didn't realize we were talking that long, Jesse. We're going to take a quick break and come right back right here on TSE Music with a mission. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is, God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your God accent. is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. I want to ask you a question today. Do you see hope in the future, or are you afraid? Do you live your life looking for peace, and the peace that you seek is just seemingly eluding you at every turn? Out of my office window, I look at people on Broadway most every day. So many of the people seem to be burdened down, running, sad, sometimes even angry. Everybody searching for something that's going to give them peace, but not quite sure what that particular something is. I want you to listen to me today to the words of Jesus in John chapter 14 and verse 27. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. On my clothes, I don't use anything but Nature's Bounty Soap Detergent. If you're having trouble sleeping, you just might need a Cloud 9 mattress. Tired of searching the airwaves for something meaningful to listen to these days? Well, on 570 AM, Times Square Church meets every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30, right in the comfort of your own living room. You will be blessed with preaching from God's Word, worship with the Times Square Church Choir, and awesome testimonies of lives that have been changed and are now being used for God's glory. So come and join us every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30 p.m. on 570 a.m. We also stream live on the web at tscnyc.org.
we're back, and we are just wrapping up this discussion on play for pay in the body of Christ. Uh, Dave, last week, I think during the break, we, we talked about, we won't mention the name of the group, but we talked sure. about some musicians um, who, um, either individually or as a group, were uh, active in the church. Yeah. Uh, and quite influential in the Christian community at one point. Yeah. Uh, but then because they could not make a living doing it, they had to go out and support themselves doing some other things. Yeah. Let's talk about the legitimacy of right. Christian musicians playing in uh Secular environments. Right, right. So, yeah, so there's a bunch of musicians that I follow through social media. Um, and, you, you know, they, they tend to kind of just share what's happening. And a particular band in particular, a uh, particular band in particular, uh, a particular band um, has been just running through the church circuit, mm-hmm. you know, um, musicians kind of church hopping like like through an entire day on a Sunday, right? And, playing for different places. They don't make much on the average. I'm talking about this particular group. You know, they're doing as best as they Are can. Are they from the town they're particular? The, yeah, they're from, the, they're, from, <laughs> they're from our community, you know. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, what's happening is, it's interesting because in social media too, like people, you know, they'll tend to just, like, we're praying for breakthrough. We're praying for mm-hmm. this opportunity to happen. You know, there's a lot of musicians, right? They're expressing clearly that they want to do this full time. They want to get paid to do it. And they feel this is what God's called them to do. And, um, and, well, and let, me, let me stop you right there because I know it. you're going to say, cause I, I I, the way it's, I worded it's, it's that just, right there yeah. is like, yeah. You know, if God, see, I don't think there is a calling on our lives from God that God doesn't provide for. Right. You know, if he's called me to do something, then there's going to be provision to do it. And if there's no provision, then I'm not called to step out and do that thing right yet. But we are all called to ministry of reconciliation. We're all called to make disciples. So we can do that without being paid. We have to do that. I mean, that's a that's a biblical mandate as far as I'm concerned. But there's a lot of and right. And so I'm just but I'm just saying this response because that's good. There's a lot of people that just jump in there to one, you know, a, a point that. John, one of, in, in one of the comments made that I was thinking in relation to the, in relation to this too, <laughs> look at Paul in the Bible. Right. Paul was called to go out and preach and make disciples and you know uh, raise up the church, but there were times where he had to work making tents. Absolutely. Yeah, and and that's what Just I was going to say. No, that's perfect example. <laughs> Being paid to do what God's called you to do doesn't solidify the calling. Right. And um, and a lot of brothers feel like the calling is solidified once the big payday comes. But what if all of a sudden you get offered, and in this case, going back to this story, you get offered an opportunity to play for somebody who doesn't represent anything that you're supposed to be doing in obedience to the word, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it puts you in a position where we can quickly say, oh, I'm being a light in a dark place, but you're also supporting something. You can be put in a position where you support something that just grieves the Holy yeah, Spirit. Absolutely. I, 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 I would encourage musicians that or singers or whoever that's doing that to stop it. Because it, <laughs> no, no, seriously, because it's 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 such. Just say it, brother. Say I, it. I don't want to call you, call you reprobate, but it's it's so double minded. It's, it's unbelievable. Like you know. I got to feed my family, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to play this secular job. Now, you're, you're an excellent musician, and the power of music, music alone has the, 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 the power to, you know, mesmerize people to some extent, to the point where they now they're motivated to do certain things, sensual and all of that other mm-hmm. stuff, and yeah. you loan your gift to that. Yeah. Now, they're saying, I'm being a light in a dark place, but if you never say anything to anybody— how much of a light can <laughs> right. possibly be? Right. And here's the other thing that strikes me every time I hear that is uh, because because and it's worded often the same way that because you were not getting paid or you weren't able to make a living doing it in the church, then now you see this opportunity you offer offered this big financial opportunity to do something else over here. Well, isn't that the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh? Yeah. Isn't that the same temptation that the devil came to Jesus with? Mm. You yeah, know, if yeah. you if if you do this, I'll give you all of this. Right, right. You know, and Jesus says, no, no. Yeah. 
No, I, I came to do the will of the Father. Right. You know, it is written. And every single time, and so it's usually, and you look at any major kingdom in the Old Testament. Yeah. Every time the kings got up here, it was always the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh that brought them to the ground. Yeah. And, I, and for <laughs> me, right, because there is that there is that moment with musicians and ministries that I have seen in a healthy way mm-hmm. where they generally are being a light in a dark place. But they're probably going to be fired very soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe so. But I have seen cases where they have been truly influential uh-huh. and been a witness. But that comes with a process to be put in that position. And that it comes, comes with a price, too. Yes, a price. But that comes with your mentorship or those exactly. that are, are leading you that have, that have given the blessing to do that accountability accountability your community is supporting you um and uh you're, you're definitely not doing this as sort of this rogue effort to get paid mm. and then throw the whole this my calling thing on top of it what do you say to the christian comedian let me just throw this caveat in there because oh, there is a huge <laughs> industry of christian comedians now yeah. they're on radio and they're doing the secular circuit and their 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 show is laced with biblical overtones. So all their stories are, you know, they've got biblical overtones to them, but they're not necessarily that. And, and it's clean comedy. I, I don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but they're doing all of their regular clubs, and they're they're, they're doing the circuit, and uh, they're Christian Christians that are comedians. And when the opportunity presents itself, they present Christian comedy. People like. Christian to anything. I'm a Christian plumber. <laughs> I'm a Christian you know, chef. I'm a Christian chef. Just to, oh, I hear to all validate kinds of advertisements it, it, for Christian mortgage companies. Oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That or Christian record labels. I don't, I don't know about the Christian comedy. I mean, I'm not judging them. I don't know much about it, but <laughs> yeah, you know what? I th- oh my uh, goodness! And you know, so we we tag ourselves with Christian, and uh, you know, I think. Um, I think it was uh, just a con- it was a podcast with Chris Thomason that mm-hmm. actually that was really enlightening for me that he described to me that like in Christian music he was like you know we gave ourselves that label yeah we did ourselves right. and he challenged our thinking as to why did we give ourselves that label especially when it's really okay for us to say we're musicians, I'm a comedian, or right. I'm this, especially if they're really knowing us by like our fruit, fruit. exactly, and our lifestyle, and the things that are coming out of our mouth yeah. represent the good news of Jesus. Which is why then I gotta ask this question, because if I'm the musician who claims to be a Christian, and I'm on the stage with Lady Gaga, right? everybody knows Lady Gaga, whether you've seen her or not, and I haven't seen her perform, but I've, I've read enough stuff. You know? Yeah, I've seen yeah. enough pictures to know it can't be godly. Yeah, you know. So if that's I'm, an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm there, what am I saying? Right. To the people who are watching Lady Gaga, to the people who know me as a Christian, but because I I feel like I got to put food on the table, I will stand on the stage with her and support this darkness even if i don't support it because i think my presence there supports it you're I mean, you're automatically endorsing it by I'm partaking endorsing, in exactly it. and but, so it's you know it's it's the appearance of evil even if i'm not doing evil it's evil I, that's yeah. part of my testimony where i was at a a, a ministry uptown where i, I used to play uh, uh, for years for no money now allegedly we were supposed to be compensated according to the pastor but there was so many things going on to, um where Myself and my twin brother, we didn't, you know, receive anything, and we didn't expect it because we didn't, we were never taught that from my mom. You know, she she taught us, uh, you know, to just serve, and you know, just be content with that. So, I I got to a place where I knew I needed to earn a living, and my skill set was as a musician. I didn't, I was an electrician, no plumber, you know, and I was young, and I had a and I had a talent. So, um. Doing, even while I was in high school, I was playing, you know, secular gigs just to bring food in because, you know, growing up poor in the South Bronx, it's no fun at all. And we were in play in in a place where if the rent wasn't paid by myself or my twin, we could possibly be put out. So, you know, we, we made these these uh, tough decisions. Barry, you know, uh, God bless him. He he got, 
you know, a job working in a clothing store. But me, because I knew what my talent was, I went with that because I knew I would get paid a lot quick and I would be doing a lot of it. So I was doing that. And as I'm doing it and I'm standing on stages and there were times where I would literally be out of town and my mother had no idea where I was at. <laughs> I was up in Chicago once well. like opening for uh, a Gladys Knight with some some act. And, you know, as far as my mother knew, I was downtown in the studio. <laughs> I, you know, I'm grown now, so she can't discipline me. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, I, so, so all for all of our young people yeah. don't practice. What Harry practiced, by yeah, the way. Yeah. This is the before part of his yeah, testimony. This is the before. <laughs> and I, I'm, as I'm standing on stage and I'm playing with this this artist and the, the lyrics are just as lewd as they want to be and people are bugging out, I literally you know, felt the presence of God tell me that this only this presentation is only going over well because I'm adding my, my gift to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know... And I didn't agree with it. I didn't hang around the people. I would do the job, go back to my hotel, hit the plane, come home, and I was good. And mm. it's like I validated what they were doing. Like drums and bass and keys help drive these messages into people's hearts and into their minds to the point where they they will remember it for years to come. So, you know, I, I'm convicted about that. And now I'm starting to get depressed and uh, I'm just kind of like, man, what have I been doing? You know, I'm slipping. My mother didn't raise me like this. Um, not that I was will willingly perpetuating a false uh, teaching or ideology. It's just I was just trying to eat, you know, and 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 have a place to live. So it got to a place where I was um, I was playing uh, with some artists, and I I, uh, I go and I stay in hotels every now and again, and you know, just to get away from people to think to figure out what could I possibly do to change where I'm at. So uh, one day I'm, I'm, I'm in a hotel. Well, first off I stopped playing. I stopped playing uh, uh, drums and Barry helped me out with getting a regular job working in a stock room at a clothing company in, in the basement. And I, I remember that. And I'm going to yeah, <laughs> you, you may have even come in and I, see yeah, me bowling shirts with uh-huh. my khaki and my, whatever that was I was wearing. And I was happy. I wasn't extremely happy. But I wasn't doing what I was doing, you know, and I, I, you know, I just stopped drumming and, you know, I I was just praying and just like, God, you know, this is what I'm good at. (laughs) I'm not good at folding shirts and they don't pay enough, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, do something. So, you know, and just 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 trusting God somewhat. I I don't know how strong it was. People, it's, you know, you be the judge. Um, (laughs) I'm. I have another one of my bouts where I go and check into a hotel and over the weekend I, I check out and then we come past Times Square Church. I was with a friend of mine from high school and we're walking by Times Square and I walk into the main sanctuary with my friend and John Wineglass, Peter and a brother by the name of Atiba were on stage jamming, having a jam session. I walk up there and my friend was, you know, holding this conversation with the guys because he know them and he tells them that I, I'm a drummer. I wasn't advertising the fact that I was a drummer. I just, you know, and I didn't even know Times Square was a church, to be honest with you, because yeah. it's in Broadway area. I just <laughs> thought it was a show called Church. <laughs> Who knew? And um, so they asked me to play, and I'm, you know, I play with them, and, you know, I try to play my best. And, you know, at the end, <laughs> the, the drummer that was there told me that they were looking for a drummer. And I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, and then I feel God say <laughs> This could be the answer to the prayer. So yeah. I auditioned and not hearing anything from the guy, uh, uh, the, the former music director at the time. I, you know, I walk away and, you know, I, I'm doing my regular you know, job and I'm in a stock room and I'm working and then I go through another bout. So I check into a hotel just to think. And when I check out, I check out on a Tuesday and I I'm walking around Manhattan all alone. Just whichever way the wind blew, that's where I went. And so happened the wind blew me up to 51st Street. And I walked past the main entrance of of, of uh, the church on 51st Street. And I walk in to the main entrance. And as I'm walking in, Warren, Warren Cart is walking out. And as I'm walking in, he's just like, hey, Brother Harry, they're waiting for you upstairs on the fourth floor. Wow. Yeah, I'm t- if, you know, now I'm just kind of like, okay. And I, you know, played it off like I, I knew I was supposed to be there. <laughs> like, you know, which way is that? 
And I go up there, and when I get there, Pastor Carter and the former music director at the time is sitting there waiting for me. So I apologized for being late, and they was like, oh, <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. You're only like four or five minutes late. You know, it's nothing. And you knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about it. Allegedly, as I was uh, uh, um, uh, um, in the hotel for a couple of days, they were calling my house. Now, I had a cell phone and a pager that I turned off, so... Nobody would contact me, so they left a Page message with my off, mother. Right? Yeah, yeah. Huh? The page is still off. Oh yeah, just, <laughs> I don't even know where it is. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. So I get, you know, they, they called my mom to tell her that I had a meeting. Now she's trying to reach me, and she's leaving all kind of messages. I didn't know it. I I I walk in, and you know, they sit me down, and they just they they go through the whole, uh, uh, um uh, um. What, what do they call it? Um, interview. 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 The whole interview, they, 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 they asked me questions about my, you know, morality. What have I done? This, that. The third, you know, uh, uh, how's my walk with God? And, you know, and then Pastor Dave walks in, who I, I didn't know anything about. He walks in and he sits down at the far end of the table and he listens to the entire uh, um, interview. And at the end, Pastor Carter looks down at, I'll never forget it. He looks down at the end of the table and says, Brother Dave, what do you think? Pastor Dave said, powerful. He stood up and then he just walked out. So I'm just kind of like, what's going on here? (laughs) And then they was just like, well, we like you and we want you to start tonight, which was a Tuesday. And uh, 16 years later, I've been here ever since. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So my, I encourage you guys who are out there thinking that you have a really tough decision as to your livelihood, sometimes you may have to just take a regular job and just trust God to do the rest and just wait on him. Um, You know, he he may open up a door. He may tell you to go back to school and study to become a teacher. But whatever it is you do, don't do that. Don't play for the world and try to play for God or the kingdom or usher us in worship or whatever it is you think you're doing. (laughs) The Adult and Youth Praise Choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then projection ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music, then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website, tscnyc.org, and click on Get Involved. And we're back, and uh, we're going to wrap it up in this last segment, uh, as this conversation is, uh, we can talk about this for like the next six months, Yeah. Uh, but I think at some point we're going to have to get to the word, <laughs> and see what, especially as it relates to the Le- Levitical priesthood, and I think it is a study that everybody needs to do uh, on their own time, uh, you, you, we certainly won't have the time to, to cover it here, uh, and, I, and again, I refer to it because so often uh, when we're talking to musicians with regards to this, uh, this topic, uh, they will often refer to the Levites and the fact that they were taken care of. And I think that is so often taken out of context. And, yeah. and I'm going to give several scripture verses to point you to before we go. But on the during the break, Dave, we were just talking about, you know, um, uh, and even before we alluded to this conversation, the, the, the fact that some Christian musicians who have to uh, earn a living as musicians or producers or performers to some extent yeah. uh, outside of the Christian realm. And I think that's totally, I mean, you you can't be a Christian plumber and then you choose that I'm only going to do plumbing at people's houses who are Christians. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's insanity. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so we would be lying to ourselves to say that we are Christians and we only do this with Christians. I mean, elevator repairmen come here to fix the elevator. These guys are not Christians. And we'd like them to be. You know, but but they're not, and most of them realize that they're in a church building. They're not trying to hear about Jesus. They're trying to fix the elevator. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, doesn't mean we don't try to reach them. But I think there's a time and a place for everything. Uh, and I guess when we look at this professional uh, or this um, uh, nine to five, this occupation, 
Uh, there, there's got to be something in the Christian musician, in the believer, that if he or she is in an environment, whether it's at work, uh, whether you're a performer on a stage, there's got to be something in us that rises up when we hear something that's contrary yeah. to the Word of God and contrary to what we practice and believe. Right. You know, so that if it, I, yeah, go ahead, it offends the gospel. And that offends the gospel, exactly. And so if I'm on a stage with Lady Gaga, it's only going to take 30 seconds. Yeah. For me to be offended by what I'm seeing and hearing, and something has to rise up in me and says, "No, this yeah. is not where you want to be." And I'm I am convinced that if if I ever get to the place where I am not disturbed in my spirit, and so, and nothing rises up in me, I have become desensitized. Yeah. To that environment. Yeah, it's like be careful because you can you can step into that world. And you can start out by saying, I'm just I'm loving people in grace. I'm loving people in grace and uh, I'm pointing people to Jesus. But then if you're if you're not really grounded and if 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 you're not doing if you're not in the place where God wants you to be, then suddenly. Right. Then, like you said, Greg, now you're just you're tolerant Mm -hmm. um, and you're numb to the mess and the wickedness around you. And now it's just routine and habit, and you're not pointing anybody to to nothing, right? So whether you're behind the scenes, but uh, I think for people that are in that world, because you've heard a lot, you've heard some varying opinions as to how we feel about all of this, but um, boy, you're going to have to be in your word, hearing from the Lord, and again, accountability and community that just helps you sharpen. Right. Here's a wonderful testimony of someone that we can just say say the name. Jesse and I, we were talking about it earlier, but Lecrae. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, he is on the Rock the Bells tour, which is, um, for those that don't know, it's the largest hip-hop tour um, in the country. Mainstream, mm-hmm. secular tour, Rock the Bells. And, and it goes from classic hip-hop artists such as Wu-Tang is on that tour to even now the, the current guys like Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, and uh, I don't know if anybody knows those guys, but these are like your top rap stars uh, in the game right now. But Lecrae is on that lineup, uh, the only uh, Christian rapper. But the one thing that I love about his place in this tour is that he hasn't shaved off or trimmed down any of his content that clearly and even at times explicitly points people to Jesus. So when it comes to his set, this guy is pointing people to Jesus Christ, content and lyrics that say, I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus, and he has grace and love for every single one of us that are lost and in need of a savior. And um, he's in his social network, he's he's poured out his heart. He said, man, I, I, I know there are people that are just like, what are you doing? Um, and that maybe I'm doing this because the paycheck is really good. He said, um, but I'm in a position now where I'm able to be in a very lost community. Mm. And the platform that I'm on has allowed me to see the platform that I'm on has allowed me. And I am clearly presenting the gospel and people are being stirred and moved in my set when they hear the gospel and the good news of Jesus. And he said, thank you for those that have just been praying for me. He acknowledged mm. a couple of brothers that have actually, again, that accountability and that that um, that community. He's, he acknowledged some specific guys that have been on the road with him mm-hmm. to hold him up and stand with him when, of course, he's in the mix and back green rooms and backstage and some of the mess that's going on. So, um, so there are there are testimonies of it of it being done right. How, you know? What do you say to? Let me play advocate for a second yeah. because because uh, we have a lot of young artists who are listening listening to this. Yeah, uh, and I've. Followed Lecrae, and I think he's doing an incredible uh, job, and and his ministry is is it's powerful. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, how do you quanti- How does Lecrae quantify and qualify what he does if he is in that environment where he's the only Christian artist, and maybe the message is sandwiched between, you know, Joe Schmo and. Funky Mo over here, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, and it's so it's it's dark, it's light, it's dark, and the last thing on the playlist, I mean, the last thing on the bill, yeah. is some other dude, you know, who has totally 
shifted the minds from sure. of the people who sure. who just got this word planted into them, and all of a sudden now the enemy comes again and closes the bill. How does he qualify and qualify that? Right. Uh, I think the effort of just what he's trying to do, that whole Reach Records camp in that is, um, you know, it might sound cliche, but there's more to it, right? So it's it's the effort of being able to plant a seed, trusting that, that God is going to water and grow that yeah. seed above and beyond what other some of that other stuff is coming in through the night. And also being able to trust God that um, that, that spiritual seed uh, and that message that he presents in his whatever 30 minutes set amidst four hours mm. of craziness it is gonna is gonna that seed's gonna drop deeper than anything else. I mean that's that's the hope and that's the effort um, that you that you that you um, that you take on. It's it's like for me why it's like all right, the other day uh, Derek Griffin and I went to go visit a church with Feed New York and. Um, and we, they wanted us to go out and do some outreach. So we went to these projects, Marlboro Projects in Brooklyn. Um, and take, for example, this is how it is. So we go into these projects, and there's people fussing and cursing and arguing and conversations going on everywhere, music playing out the windows. And we're hoping that in, in the mix of a full day of worldliness and evil and oppression, that the, the 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 short amount of time that we stop a young guy in the projects walking up the sidewalk and share with them the gospel and take just 30 minutes just to pray and just to tell them about Jesus, that we hope that that seed will be planted far enough into the heart that God would grow it and water it. And then somebody else would just trust and we're going to at some point come alongside of them. But after that 30 minutes, we're walking away. He's back in the mess for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I, for me, that's like the same comparison as if, you know, Lecrae standing up there for 30 minutes in the mix of four. I've taken 30 minutes out of 24 hours of a young man who might be facing abuse at home mm-hmm. or being cursed out every night. Or, and he's probably, you know, these are young guys, too, that are sure. like, we're stopping them. They're listening to Kendrick Lamar. They're listening to J. Cole. They're listening to all this stuff that's pouring into them. They take the headphones off. They listen to us for 15, 20 minutes, right. and the headphones go right back on. Yeah. And only God knows <laughs> yeah. where they where they come from. Only you know, God if knows. they grew up in the church or, you know, if they they're hearing something that you're saying that mom said or grandma said or Aunt Shelley said or yeah. you know, it's the same thing with those people in the club or in that yeah. concert hall that Lecrae has now has to minister to. He's got them captive for thirty minutes. Well yes. let me just remind you of what you already know. Yeah. And maybe this seat will take take away. Pastor Will says it best. He says we gotta begin to thank God for the people we see come and the ones we mm. don't see. It's good. <laughs> you know, good. it's a fine line because there's, because then you, you have entertainment over here, but yeah. then you have ministry over here. Not that, you know what I mean? It's So it's a very fine line yeah. between those, those two, which we've talked about uh, before. But I wanted to go there because I think a oh, lot yeah. of people need to hear that uh, it's not all black and white. You right. know, you do find yourself in some precarious situations where you st- when you are forced, you have to be the light because yeah. you don't have any choice. If you don't say something, yeah. you are guilty by association. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, yeah. And you not know? everybody can do that, too. Absolutely. Just let me t- I'm not saying everybody, hey, everybody, next time Rock the Bells come through, put in your mixtape and hope you give them a lot of, no way. That is, yeah. And you got to remember, I mean, this young man... Um, you know, you know, he's been in ministry now and doing music for about for more than six years. And it's just now come to this place that he has said yes to such a tour, because I'm pretty sure three years ago he would have said no, because he just knew where he was spiritually. I'm not ready to be in that mix. Mm. You know, I mean, look at Jesus. There were some days where he went and he mm. hung out at the sinner's house. And then there were other days that he retreated to the mountain for yeah. just private time with his father. So there's a timing yeah. you know, for everything. Yeah. Well, well, that's good, man. That's the, 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 we could, again, we can talk about this for a month. Um, yeah. But I think at the end of the day, we, we can all agree that uh, as artists, as musicians, singers, et cetera, uh, that if ever the pay for play mentality seeps in and our motivation is less than I do this because I love God, 
then we've opened ourselves up to every other motivation, yes. to every other uh, innate lust of the flesh. And I say that because we we sin well. We are just naturally good <laughs> sinners. Good, yeah. you know? And so yeah, we need a Savior, and we have an innate ability to mess things up, uh, an innate ability to pursue the flesh, and we have to take uh, to heart the examples of Jesus. You know, uh, it is written, you know, man shall not live by by bread alone. That's right. But by every word that proceedeth out of the out of the mouth of God. So, uh, in in light of that, you know, we we don't have time to talk about all of. I've been doing some writing with regards to this uh, and some studies, some additional study. Um, we don't we don't have time to get into um, uh, you, you know the three sons of Levi and how how David reorganized the priesthood and how um, uh, you know how Josiah used the priesthood and in, in, in I think it was like 770 BC or something like that uh, we, we don't have time to get into all of that but you can study all of that uh, and it's all there in the Old Testament right from Exodus right through Leviticus and, and Leviticus a couple other books actually Deuteronomy um, but but here's the thing uh, whenever I see musicians and, and, and artists refer to the Levitical priesthood as their reason, their go-to verses for quantifying uh, and qualifying pay. Uh, I curl, I, I, my, my toes curl in my shoes because I get so <laughs> frustrated with the fact that, you know, if you're going to say something, I mean, at least get an original thought and don't be speaking in sound bites. You know, you sound like a politician when you do this, because that means you haven't studied it. You haven't studied the law. You haven't studied scripture at all. And you're just talking in sound bites, you know, and it just <laughs> makes We're letting me, people know how we feel. Yeah. Today. And so, for goodness <laughs> sakes, man, go to the word and know what you're, what you're talking about. And I don't claim to be an authority uh, on this, but I do know when you look at the Levitical priesthood, they weren't all singers. They weren't all musicians. They right. had other temple responsibilities. Yeah. You know, they had plenty of responsibilities. And here, here is the thing that uh, I wanted to point out. Uh, just, just three points, and then, uh, uh, and then we can wrap this d- discussion up. We do want you to continue it, though, on Facebook. Yeah. Just, just continue following us. And, uh, and if you've got some contribution to it, uh, by all means. But I do want to point out that the Levitical priesthood began at Mount Sinai, and that was through Moses, and it ended, get this, it ended when Christ abolished the law of Moses on the cross. Now, you can look at Colossians chapter 2. Uh, I think it was verse yeah, 2, uh, 14 through 17, uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, and then Hebrews chapter 13, I'm sorry, Hebrews 8, 6 and 7, and verse 13, and then Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. And then the second thing is that Jesus is now our high priest today. He, you know, this is after uh, uh, Melchizedek, mm-hmm. uh, the priesthood. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, you can find that there. And then thirdly, today every Christian is a priest to God under Christ after the order of Melchizedek. Now you look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, and then First Peter uh, chapter 2, Verse five. So my, my point is, is as much as we like to go to Levitical priesthood and use that, uh, and I, I say we lightly because I don't, I, I try not to do it, but use that as a premise for justifying the argument for musicians. I think you need to really be looking at exactly what the role of the Levites were, but more importantly, you got to also understand the heart behind those of the Levitical priesthood. There, there, was, a, a, uh, there was a culture there, and, I, and a spiritual culture there. There was a heart there that was undeniably for the Lord. When everybody else was, was, was about uh, uh, fulfilling their own personal uh, ventures and their own personal goals in the Old Testament and, break, and grieving the heart of God, mm. there was a remnant of people who were set aside who loved God with all their hearts and all their minds and went to the temple daily and did it for the purpose of serving God right. and his people. They, they were determined to do things God way, God's way to the best of their ability and then beyond their ability, trusting him to do the rest. Yeah. That was the motivation of the Levitical priesthood. It was also under, however, uh, Old Testament, it was under the law. Jesus came and abolished all of that. Mm. You know, so that's why that's why you can't say that the tithe is you're required to do it. 
you know, churches used to say that because they, they, you know, they wanted the tithe. But you notice churches are starting to pull away from that requirement, yeah. you yeah, know. They, yeah, they have. Yeah. They start to pull away from it because they realize that, you know, under the new covenant, that, those things were under the law. These things are under the new covenant. Yeah. However, if the body of Christ or if the work of the church is to continue, then some of these things have to be have to continue. That's right. If we're if we are to continue to do this podcast, guess what? Somebody's got to help us pay the lights, the electricity, get the computer in place, and this, that, and the other. And guess what? We're sitting in this room because we have the privilege yeah. of being staff at a ministry who is about the father's business. Yeah. So I don't take any of this for granted. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're listening to one, two, three, four. There are five people in the studio who are full-time here at a church that is about the father's business. And people will contribute to that to see that you know, be perpetuated as long as we're about the kingdom business. And when it's outside of that, I think God just kind of closes the door, shuts up the windows of heaven and say, you know what? I don't have to bless this. You're going to sweat. You're going to have a sweat ministry. <laughs> yeah. You have to yeah. work real hard because I will not bless the hands of men to bless to, to pour into you because you're not doing my, my, you're not doing the work of the kingdom. That's good. And on that note, we will, I will digress, uh, <laughs> uh, but do look forward to uh, more comments from you on Facebook uh, as we will likely continue this discussion uh, and have some additional guests uh, down the road. Again, remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. I'm David Ham. I'm Harry Vaughn. I'm Jesse Carrasco. <laughs> Join us again next time on TSC Music with a Mission. Take joy, my King, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet. And don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarters.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. <laughs> <laughs>